you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey everybody, it is Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're also contemplating our life choices while walking on the beach. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio and... You know, I was going to ask how you are spending sort of this dead week between the championship games and the Super Bowl, and you are doing maybe the least fun thing it is to do on planet Earth. You're you're moving right now. Yeah, I, I haven't even started yet with the like, I, like I've packed maybe one percent of our stuff up so far. <laughs> um, I've been a lot of stuff getting ready at the old uh, at the new place uh, to get it moving ready. But yeah, it is. The amount of stuff in the last two days that I've thought of that I have to get done before we move is insane. It is just unfun. There's no other way to describe it. Moving sucks. And there's no other better way to figure out how much stuff you own until you have to pack it up and move it. You will find things that you forgot that you own. You'll be like, do I keep this random screw on top to something i don't even know like you just find so much random crap so godspeed to you uh but hopefully the device is nice <laughs> it's definitely an upgrade but i i'm someone like this is only like the fourth time maybe in my entire life that i've moved like i i tend to move somewhere and then i'm like i i stay there for a while because i know how annoying moving is and then today i was just like yeah i i now realize why i hate doing it. i mean you, you've moved quite a bit uh, in the yeah. last couple of years, so you know better than anyone. Yeah, I've moved a few times in the last few years. And actually, there's a point in my life when it felt like I was moving like every year or two years. And I will say this. When you move frequently, you learn to sort of streamline, right? You learn to not hoard things, especially if you know you're not going to stay in one place. You learn to not accumulate things because you don't want to have to pack it and move it in the future. So... Uh, let this be a lesson to you <laughs> to, to not hoard, to not 
uh, engage in conspicuous consumption. Um, we got a lot to talk about because uh, free agency is still a little ways from opening. Uh, but there have been some things that have happened that maybe will alter the free agent market, especially at quarterback. We also have had some coaches move around. The coaching carousel has already begun spinning and we've had some players or some coaches, I should say, land in new places. So we'll talk about that a little bit and what it could mean for those teams and some of those players fantasy-wise as we head into next season. But let's start where we should probably start. Tom Brady has retired again. He says it's for good. I'm going to take him at his word on that. He uh, put out a video <laughs> on Wednesday morning from a beach saying that he was hanging them up for good after 23 seasons. The GOAT says he is done. Now, we went through all this last year, and everybody put out their big, long, tearful statements and their, their congratulations and what have you. I will say this. To Brady's credit, he did make the statement that you only get the big, tearful letter one time. We're not going to do it again. So I appreciate him being self-aware enough to not make us go through all of that again. Of course, that didn't stop the Internet from congratulating Tom Brady on what has been a magnificent career. Obviously, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Although I was thinking this, Florio, it would be fun just for a giggle if the writers didn't put him in the first time around. <laughs> just, uh, you know, just as a, a prank or something like that. Or like when they do the door knocking, you know, the night before uh, they skip Brady's door and say, hey, sorry, pal, you didn't make it. Just just for a laugh. No one would believe it. But it'd be funny. That's just me. I think it would be hilarious. I, I I took the opposite approach of you. I was like, do we really have to wait five years? Like, if they're he's the ultimate shoe in. Like, <laughs> you pick any single record, and the chances are Tom Brady holds it. Like, if they built a statue for him tomorrow, I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, probably right. I I've seen it both ways. A lot of people saying they should put him in right now. A lot of people saying, well, what's the harm in waiting five years? It doesn't really change anything. And then everybody can sort of plan out their trips to Canton for five years and get ready for Tom Brady's uh, announcement for his induction because you know it's going to be a madhouse uh, when he gets to the podium there in Canton, Ohio, five years from. I guess it's from today, right? Or whenever he officially files the paperwork, I think is when the clock starts on his five years. But let's talk about what this means football-wise, because we can go on and on about Brady's career. Let's talk about what he leaves in his wake, though, because now you look at the Buccaneers roster. The only two quarterbacks they have are Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask. They are $55 million over the cap right now. That's per Spotrack. Uh, you know, I know they could kind of do some finagling and uh, try to minimize Brady's cap hit against them and what have you, but regardless... They don't have any money to spend. What is this team going to do at quarterback this year, Florio? It's going to be worse than it was a year ago. And and I know last season was Tom Brady's worst season of his career, statistically uh, speaking and, and stuff like that. But the Bucks, I mean, they still won the division. They made the playoffs. And, and then a lot of the times we were like, Brady's not Brady, but he's clearly going to be better, uh, I think, than what they're going to go with next season. Like you said, they're they're heavily um over the cap right now and and then you look at it outside of Brady their next biggest cap hits are Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and my first thought was like could we see one or both of those guys traded this offseason and if we see those guys traded no big name quarterback is going to want to come in here i don't think anyone's going to want to be the guy after Brady especially seeing how quickly Brady came in, he got the, the Super Bowl win in his first year, like, no one wants to be compared to that, but uh, I, I could see them, luckily for the Bucks, there's a lot of, like, middling free agents this year, guys like Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, uh, Taylor Heineke, Mike White, Gardner Minshew, like, I could see them very much so going into next season with one of those guys as the quarterback as they kind of try to rebuild. I think this Bucks team, though, two years from now is going to look completely different than it did in Brady's last season. I love that the first two names you mentioned were guys that have been Tom Brady backups in the past, right? You throw out <laughs> Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo, two guys who backed him up in New England at various points in their careers. We, we always said Jimmy G would be the Brady replacement. He would. He would. Oh, I should be. I should update something because Galbert is actually a. He's going to be a free agent as well. So there's a good chance Blaine Gabbert may not be back in Tampa uh, as well. So the Bucks very much in the market for a quarterback. Two things about it. Yes, they are incredibly over the cap, so they don't have a lot of money to spend. They can't go out and make a big splash, and it's going to take them some time to sort of dig out from that, but they got what they wanted. 
they won the Super Bowl. That was the whole point. They pushed all their chips in. They went in. They got Tom Brady. And in the first year, they get the Super Bowl. So there's really nothing to complain about. They got everything they wanted out of this Brady marriage uh, for the couple of years that he was there. So there's no complaints there. The other part of this, Mike, is the NFC South is a disaster right now. I mean, the Bucs won the division at 8-9. and nine, And there's really no team that you look at right now and think, yep, this team is ready to take off. I mean, you look around at the rest of the division, right? The, the Bucs, we talk about their quarterback situation is a mess. The Panthers rolling out with Sam Darnold at the end of the year. The Saints have a decision where they've got Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. Neither one of them is the future there. The Falcons, I mean, do they really hand things over to Desmond Ritter? Doesn't seem all that exciting. So while the Bucs are sort of digging themselves out of this hole, it's not like they're going to be far behind. They very well could come back and compete for the division again next year. So I feel like they just need a guy who's not going to screw it up. And I think some of those names you mentioned are guys that, you know, maybe aren't going to drag you to a division title, but some of those guys are going to be the guys that just don't screw it up. And maybe that's all they need in the short term right there. Um, You talk about the rest of that offense and the money that's tied up in Chris Godwin, who is, you know, was working his way back from an injury coming into this season. Mike Evans, who continues to put up thousand yard seasons, but is definitely starting to get up there in age. I mean, is there anybody that is going to interest you fantasy wise next year, knowing that whoever steps in at quarterback is going to be a significant downgrade from the guy that's been throwing the ball the last three years? There's certainly a world where like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are are close to at, at least dra- on draft day and fantasy drafts next year. I could see there being a world where those guys are still going in like the third or fourth round if they were to bring in say a, a, a Jimmy G or or someone like that that you kind of feel good about and those guys are still both there and then you're like all right well they're just going to throw the ball a bunch but uh let's they're going to have a new offensive coordinator, a new play caller there. Uh, th- this offense, I think, is going to look extremely different. And truth be told, I'd be shocked if both of them are Bucks next season. I think it's more likely that we see Chris Godwin dealt. He's younger. He's only got two years there. Uh, I-, I think he's the one. Like Mike Evans, as great as Mike Evans has been, he's getting up there in age, like you said, and and he's a, a has a lot of money on that contract. Uh, I could see them getting a big haul for Godwin. And anyway, Evans seems more like the legacy player, like. Uh, they would if they choose to ride out with one of those guys. I think Evans just because of what he's done there. But yeah, right now, I, like if we're doing early drafts and I haven't done any yet, but I know some people who have, I'm avoiding this Bucks offense altogether because I think this is one of the teams that has the most question marks now going into next season because we could see one if not both of these players traded. You talk about guys that may not be there and whether or not Chris Godwin or Mike Evans gets traded. And I think you look in that backfield as well. A guy like Leonard Fournette, who is currently the highest paid running back on the roster. And again, he's getting up there in age. He just turned 28 about a month ago. There's a very good chance maybe they cut him just to get some salary cap relief. Uh, that, That leaves what? maybe Keyshawn Vaughn, Rashad White in the backfield. And it it's hard for me to get excited about any of the running backs in an offense that's probably going to be bad next year. One of these guys maybe gets the bulk of the carries, but, but Florio, I don't know that either one of these has a whole lot of fantasy upside if it looks like uh, Tampa's offense isn't going to really do much of anything next year. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the thing that kept... Both of these running backs here, Rashad White and Leonard Fournette afloat this year, was the fact that Tom Brady dumps off the ball to the running backs more than anyone. Like, And that's been a part of his game going all the way back to his early New England days. Like, It's just a way that Brady operates, and, and if he feels any sort of pressure, okay, here you go, Lenny, here you go, White, just you guys get what you can, and we'll come back and beat him on the next play, but... Fournette, I do think, will be a cap casualty. We saw his efficiency numbers really start to take a hit this year, but... Rashad White, I think, is going to get a lot of hype, and I don't necessarily agree with it. Like, a lot of his metrics were were not really that impressive this year. I, I know the best thing people were saying about him was, like, he's more explosive than Leonard Fournette. But Leonard Fournette's at the, the downward, like, 
his days of being a, a workhorse starting running back are limited right now, whereas Rashad White should just be, you know, playing his best football. He just entered the league. So uh, White is a player, even if no Fournette there, that I could see getting very overhyped uh, in this offense because this whole line struggled to run block this year. And I think we're just going to get a lot of cap casualties. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bucks look at this as like a hard reset, like, hey, the Brady era was great. We won a Super Bowl. We won two division titles. We were in the playoffs every single year. Two NFC Championship games. Like, that was great. But now we kind of got to hit the reset button because they went all in on a lot of giving veterans a lot of money. And when that happens, you you got to hit the reset button after that. But like you said, Marcus, worth it. You won a Super Bowl. That is the whole reason we play this game. Like, everyone giving the Rams a hard time. Like, one and done and it's over for them. It's like... They've been very, very good for the last five <laughs> years. They've played in two Super Bowls. They won one. And they have the whole team coming back together for next season. Like, let's not throw some dirt on that grave prematurely. Plus, the whole one-and-done thing. Like, so what? I'm, I look as, as a 49er fan, you as a Bills fan, I'm sure there are Bengals fans out there. They just want one. That's it. <laughs> like, the idea that you're going to somehow back up, you know, five, six championships in a short window. Yes, the Patriots did it. We may never see that again, at least not for a really, really long time. So just getting one, man, that should absolutely be the goal. You talk about Rashad White, and I know last year there was a whole lot of talk, a lot of discussion about whether or not White was just going to push Leonard Fournette out of the job there as the starting back in Tampa. And I think what you saw down the stretch from him, kind of to your point about him not really doing a lot, or at least doing enough, is that. Yes, he started to see more snaps at the expense of Leonard Fournette as the season went on, but never at any point did he just dominate the backfield opportunities there in Tampa. Fournette was always still a part of it, so maybe that means White becomes the RB1 next year if Fournette is to be let go, but who's to say they don't find somebody else to put in that slot? Maybe they open things up to Keyshawn Vaughn. Maybe they find someone, whether it's free agency or the draft, to come in there. I just don't believe that Rashad White takes over that job fully. And even if he does, like I said at the beginning, this offense is not going to be very good, and it's not going to be enough to get you excited about having him on your fantasy roster in 2023. And to to that point, I like this. I think running backs is going to get – jumbled more like last year with quarterbacks and receivers like this year's the best free agent position is running back like it, it is so deep a lot of the very high-end names are free agents plus it's a really deep uh draft class as well I, right now my thinking Marcus is like next year I'm going to be all about drafting receivers early on because it's going to be guys who are on the same team whereas I think a like the running back position is going to be jumbled up so much and a team like the Bucks could easily add a second running back yeah, the guys at the top end of that running back group, I mean, you look at Tony Pollard, uh, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley out there in the free agent market. It's going to be interesting. But there are some mid-level guys that could be sort of interesting pieces, and we'll see uh, where they shake out as we get fully into free agency. But the other part of free agency that gets a big shakeup is Tom Brady retiring because when you looked at all the quarterbacks that were going to be out there, he was one of the big dominoes to fall. And yes, you have guys like Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, who are available. They're not free agents. You're going to have to give up something because they are potentially going to be traded. We'll see if the Packers actually move Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders seem like a sure thing to move Derek Carr uh, in the very near future. So they don't really necessarily count in the free agent market. So I decided we play a little game show today. We're going to play the quarterback match game. In fact, I want to be Gene Rayburn. Got to look that up, kids. He was a, a game ho- game show <laughs> from like the 70s. Had a skinny microphone, the whole deal. But I want to kind of play my own Gene Rayburn. And we play the quarterback match game here where on one side, I got a list of teams that could be or should be in the market for a quarterback this offseason. And I got a list of quarterbacks who are free agents and could command a whole lot of opportunity and a lot of salary. So. Let's quickly run down the teams that we have here. I've got the Atlanta Falcons, $56 million in cap space. The Las Vegas Raiders with $18 million in cap space. The Washington Commanders have $6 million in cap space. The Carolina Panthers, $9 million over the cap, but they do have the number nine overall pick. The Tennessee Titans, $23 million over the cap. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at $55 million over the cap. And the Saints at $57 million over the cap. Now, you might notice... 
I don't have the Houston Texans. I don't have the Indianapolis Colts. Those teams are drafting highly. I would expect they're going to take a quarterback in the draft. I don't expect them to be a part of the free agent quarterback market. So those are your teams. We got seven of them right there. On the other side, I've got four free agent quarterbacks who could really command a whole lot of interest on the market. You've got Lamar Jackson. Of course, the free uh, franchise tag is still in play there in Baltimore. Geno Smith, he's going to get a lot of people writing to him. Hopefully he writes someone back. Daniel Jones, who very well could stay in New York. And Jimmy Garoppolo, who it appears his time in San Francisco may be done. So, Florio, I'm going to give you a name and you tell me which of the teams available seems like the best match for him. So let's start with Lamar Jackson. We've seen what he's done. Missed the last part of the season with the Ravens as he was rehabbing an injury. I know it caused a bit of a stink in Baltimore, but we know what Lamar Jackson can be at his best. Of those seven teams I listed, which one is the best option to you? The Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, hands down, I think. They have the money where they can invest a whole bunch of it into Lamar Jackson. They have a system ran by Arthur Smith that we know they're going to want to run the ball, and uh, he could he can make those design runs for Lamar work very effectively. Plus, they have Drake London, which you can make an argument uh, probably a better fit for Lamar Jackson than any of the... That he could be what we all hoped Rashad Bateman and Lamar Jackson could be. And then you already have your Mark Andrews built into this offense with uh, with Kyle Pitts, who I'd make the argument maybe more talented than Mark Andrews, or at least more physical uh, athleticism and stuff like that, more capability. So all, all that being said, though, as fun as it would be, Marcus, I, I still think Lamar Jackson plays in Baltimore next season. I have a feeling the Ravens are going to figure out how to make it work, whether it's they come to a long-term agreement or they put him on the franchise tag. I'm sort of with you. I would be surprised if he isn't in Baltimore, but I also agree that the Falcons seem like the best fit. In a lot of ways, they sort of mirror what the Ravens have done the last few years. They obviously are a run-heavy outfit. We sort of lamented that during the season that Come hell or high water, Arthur Smith was going to run the football. But they also ran a lot out of the pistol formation, which is what the Ravens did and helped make Lamar very successful. They've got two guys, as you mentioned, in Kyle Pitts and Drake London, who run a lot of those same routes that Jackson was very successful throwing so far in his career. And they do have that explosive element with Pitts. They can use him as a downfield guy. Curious to see if they maybe draft a receiver or they go after one to sort of add to that. But there are a lot of things in play that would make Lamar Jackson in Atlanta a really, really interesting fit. So we got Lamar in Atlanta. That puts the Falcons off the board. Next one, Geno Smith. We got six teams left with the Raiders, Commanders, Panthers, Titans, Bucks, and Saints. Where does Geno land? Or option B, does he go back to Seattle? Uh, I, I think it's option B. I, I think he's going to be uh, playing in Seattle for a while now. I, I, I think that uh, he said he wants to end his career with Seattle, and I could see that happening. Like uh, he, He's an older quarterback for someone that's about to get paid for the first time. Like I actually went last night and looked it up. Geno Smith made $7 million last season. His career earnings is 17. So like wow. in the last year, his life has changed, and it's about to change dramatically. Um, but yeah, he is someone that still very much so is looking to make his money because he's been a, a career backup for the, the most part. But if it's not Seattle, the Raiders make a lot of sense to me. I, I think the Raiders have a roster that they look at with, with Devontae Adams and a lot of the other pieces that they have there. They're starting to get up there in age. They probably want to strike while, while it's hot, see if they can make this work with Josh McDaniels. And if that's the case, I, I don't see them going with a young you know, uh, a quarterback that they kind of have to build up. I think they would go with a veteran who's shown that he could play uh, well with when he has weapons around him in, in a friendly system like Geno Smith just did last season. I love the idea of Geno Smith going to the Raiders, pairing him with Devontae Adams, which, by the way, did you see Devontae's tweet uh, about Aaron Rodgers saying uh, he'd love... Uh, somebody asked, where, what neighborhood is Aaron Rodgers moving into? And Devontae quote tweeted it and said, mine. So maybe trying to put together... A reunion. No one one loved Brady retiring more than Aaron Rodgers because it makes him the biggest fish on the market now. Absolutely. So he can he can occupy all that time, all that airtime and all the attention can focus on Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. 
But the idea of Geno Smith there is not a bad one. Have him with Devontae Adams, a guy that you know will, will make plays for you all over the field. You can work underneath to your tight end, Darren Waller. You've got Hunter Renfro there. There are some pieces there. I would also say, even though I don't know how the math works out, Geno in Tampa would be interesting if maybe just because, like I said, there's nobody in the division that's ready to run off and hide. Gino keeps you probably at the top of the NFC South, pending what everybody else does at quarterback there, and allows you to be competitive and make the playoffs while still potentially building there. Now, the math may be a little bit weird. I don't know if they can fit what Gino would want contract-wise into their salary cap situation, but there are some ready-made pieces if, if Gino decides he wants to leave Seattle and go somewhere new. All right, so... Let's take, uh, let's take Geno Smith off the board, and let's look at Daniel Jones, who we came into this season, and nobody knew what Daniel Jones' situation was, whether or not the Giants would keep him long-term. He had the best season of his career. Wasn't great, but it was the best season of his career, to the point that the Giants are talking about putting together a long-term deal. But if Vanilla Vic can't get it done with Big Blue, any of these other teams there look like a good match for Daniel Jones. I, I do think he's going to return to the Giants, but if not, I, I we know he looks good in blue, right? Why not get him, uh, make it a little lighter blue, and let him go the Sam Darnold route and go down to Carolina uh, after New York and see if he can uh, do something there? Because to me, Daniel Jones is, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's getting a little bit overrated. I understand that he did a lot with a little this season. Like he had the Giants winning, had them, they won a playoff game and his receivers around him were bad. Like the worst receiving core in the league, I would say. But I think a lot of it was the scheme and a lot of it, the credit goes to Brian Dable. Jones struggled uh, to put up numbers before that. He struggled with turnovers. Everything seemed to change this year in this system. So I think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback in the right system. And of the teams left that we're talking about, the Panthers with Frank Reich feels like the most quarterback-friendly system. Uh, and I think it's one that Daniel Jones will play well in. Uh, but I ultimately do think he's going to come back to New York. But that being said, I kind of feel about Daniel Jones the way I felt about Derek Carr last season which was like he's really good at the right price but when he start when you start having having to pay like high end QB money to keep him on your roster it's not it becomes then a detriment to your team because Jones Carr those are quarterbacks that I think could win a Super Bowl if the rest of the roster around them is right I don't think they can elevate like a Mahomes or or Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, I don't think they could take a pretty good roster and win a Super Bowl with it. Um, that be, And then once you invest that much money into the quarterback, the roster around you starts to worsen. So uh, I, I said last year I like Derek Carr. I wouldn't give him a huge contract, and that's kind of how I feel with Daniel Jones from the Giants. I, I think the you talk about Daniel Jones and you talk about the money that he may want, and I feel like if somebody pays that to him, whether it's the Giants or somebody else, you've really handcuffed yourself at this point because you're going to tie up so much for, as you mentioned, a guy who doesn't seem like he's the one to get you over the hump. He's not going to pull you across the finish line and help you get that Super Bowl, but you're going to have to tie up a lot of assets to bring him in. And so that's going to be the hard part here. I think another interesting team, and I don't think it would ever happen, but the Tennessee Titans. And I know they, they've got Malik Willis there, and I think they do want to try to bring him along. But what we saw of Willis at the end of the season lets you know that there's still a lot of growing that he has to do. What we saw out of him was a quarterback who was incredibly raw. And this is another situation, like I mentioned, with Geno Smith and the Bucks. The math may not be mathing, right? If the Titans really are $23 million over the cap and what Daniel Jones is going to want, I just don't know that it adds up. But he could be a really nice replacement for Ryan Tannehill on a roster that seems to have a lot of pieces. They've got a defense that's good enough. They've got Derrick Henry, who I know is getting older, but still looks like El Tractor Cito when he's healthy. And you put Daniel Jones in there and just ask him to not screw it up. There's not a lot in terms of pass catchers. They're waiting to see what Traylon Burks can be. Robert Woods, as much as I love him, I mean, the, the career is pretty much coming to an end for him. So they'd have to build up that wide receiver core. But we saw last year Mike Daniel Jones able to have some success 
without having a lot of pass catchers. So it's an interesting fit, maybe not one that in reality happens, but it's one that, you know, I, if I could plug it in as a kind of a what if, right? Marvel did that what if show. If I could do what if on Daniel Jones and the Titans, eh, I'd like to see it. That's just me. I, I'm with you. I, I thought that would be a really good fit because my thinking was like he's a better version of kind of what Ryan Tannehill is. Yeah, he kind of is. Um, they just they just need help. He just needs somebody else to kind of help kind of drag him along as well. I don't know if there's anybody in Tennessee that can do that. Last one in our quarterback matching game, Jimmy Garoppolo, who came back to San Francisco when nobody, including Jimmy Garoppolo, thought he would be back in San Francisco Ended up playing a large part in the 49ers season after Trey Lance went down early in the year. Unfortunately, Garoppolo also suffered an injury late in the season that kept him out for the remainder of the season. Not going to get the kind of money that he had gotten previously at this point, but still good enough to be a starter somewhere in this league. Of the teams on this list, what looks like a good home for Jimmy G? I, I will tell you with certainty it will not be the San Francisco 49ers I don't know I'm sure you saw it but they asked Kyle Shanahan this week if with Lance and Purdy being hurt if he sees any way that Jimmy G could be back and he was like no I don't see that happening and I was just like god that's cold-blooded for a guy who's done a lot for your franchise and for you as a coach but uh to me I, I don't think he's gonna have to change his colors up too much uh, this just feels like the ultimate commander's move, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it didn't work with Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke and all these retreads, but they'll convince themselves. It, it's the the joke that we always talk about where they're like, it didn't work for those people, but they always convince themselves it will, but it just might work for us. Like, that is Jimmy G to the commanders, I think. That really is Jimmy G to the commanders. You know, I don't know if he's going to have the same Taylor Heineke bleep it, Terry is down there somewhere <laughs> attitude. But there are some similarities there, right? You've got a guy in McLaurin who's a playmaker all over the field. You've got Curtis Samuel, who is, I guess, if you want Debo light, is, is maybe the closest thing that Washington has to, to Debo, Sam, uh, Debo Samuel. They, you know, they don't really have the tight end piece. They don't completely have the running back piece unless you want to believe that Antonio Gibson can be something better. But he's enough of a stopgap, I think, if you're Washington to kind of help you compete in a division that, you know, the Eagles sort of own the division right now. But the the commanders can sort of compete maybe with Garoppolo and try to build up other pieces. We know what he is. He's going to be good enough to kind of get you to the playoffs potentially and maybe win a game or two. But I don't think he's going to be good enough to get you over the hump. But, you know, the commanders are sort of stuck in quarterback purgatory. They've got $6 million to spend. They need somebody to fill that spot. Uh, it's, but they can't really go hog wild and spend a lot of money. So Garoppolo might be sort of that budget piece for them this year. And you're right. He wouldn't have to change the colors a whole lot. Kind of similar shades <laughs> of, uh, of red and gold for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's it. That's the quarterback match game. Hopefully these teams and quarterbacks find happiness together wherever they end up, wherever it may be. You know, the interesting part about this, Mike, is there's going to be a lot of teams that are sort of left out in the lurch because there aren't really enough quarterback free agency, uh, free agency wise to really make an impact, I think, across the league. And when you look at the draft, there are a couple guys at the top of the draft in Bryce Young and CJ Stroud that look like they could come in and be impact players. There are more teams out there that need quarterbacks and there are quarterbacks available I feel like we're going to get to August and we're going to look around and we're going to be like, there's some teams that have some bad quarterback situations this year. I, I agree. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team that like misses out in the draft or whatever, if they bring in like we, we a lot of the names that we said earlier, like a Teddy and a Minshew or something like that. If you sign two of these quarterbacks, Sam Darnold, Mike White, any of these guys, and you're like, hey, you two are just competing for the job. Uh, we, we've also... I think a lot of teams are going to be prioritizing backups more, especially uh, after what we've seen a lot of this season. So uh, that that just makes it harder for teams that are looking for a starting quarterback. What it should do, Marcus, is it should, for fantasy, make it a much more popular strategy to take a quarterback, you know, not wait till the double-digit rounds or something like that. Because when we were doing that, it was like 15 really good quarterbacks or something like that. Now, I have trouble after like the top eight, being like, this is a guy I feel confident with as my starter. So I think uh, I think you're going to see a lot more people prioritizing the quarterback position. 
I do. And I, I think we're going to have the conversation about first round fantasy quarterbacks. I know no one's going to do it, but I think it's going to be more interesting to talk about because I think we're inching very close to that day when it becomes more of a thing we talk about out in the open. Uh, I also think the 49ers are very much going to be in the market for a backup quarterback after the way their season ended <laughs> with so many guys <laughs> getting hurt. Methinks Kyle Shanahan's going to add some depth at the position in the offseason. We are going to be back in two and two. Keep the whole game show theme going here. Come back, talk about some coaching moves and what it might mean fantasy-wise for the 2023 season. That's next on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. So free agency hasn't quite opened for the players, but it's definitely open for the coaches. The coaching carousel has been spinning for a while and big news happening earlier in the week. The Denver Broncos have land one of the top free agents on the market, so to speak. They agree to a deal with the Saints to hire Sean Payton as their head coach. They deal a couple of picks away to New Orleans. They get Sean Payton and a pick back in uh, in return. But now in the past couple of years, the Broncos have given up three first-round picks and three second-round picks in order to bring in Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. So they really are all-in, but they also sort of have to build with what they've got because they don't have a ton of draft capital. So Russell Wilson being successful is tantamount to this team being successful. To this team being successful, he just came off maybe the worst season of his career. As you look at this, What's more likely, that Russ is washed or that he just needs a new head coach and a new offensive system to get him going again? Um, I'm going to say that 
that Russ is washed. Um, <laughs> but I say that uh, all right, it's a very small sample size. But I love the hesitation the, in your voice, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> because I want to make the case against that. But I'm like, he's aging. He hasn't been the same since he hurt his hand. That this could just be sunken costs that they can't get back. But I do think it's worth pointing out in it's small sample size. Two games without uh, Nathaniel Hackett last year. Russell Wilson was over 250 passing yards per game. He was at 230 with Hackett. Uh, He was averaging multiple touchdowns per game. He threw 12 touchdown passes in 15 games with Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, for fantasy players, he averaged over 23 fantasy points per game. Uh, That number was way lower with, with Nathaniel Hackett. And Part of me just thinks Nathaniel Hackett um, isn't a very good coach. Uh, outside of his two years with Aaron Rodgers, his claim to fame was that one weird season with the Jaguars, which, I, I mean, they were good, but they weren't, like, their defense was what was carrying them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as someone who watched Nathaniel Hackett's offense with the Bills, I never was like, this is a guy that I want calling all of our plays. Um <laughs> I get it. He's with the Jets now. That's largely tied to Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I, I just think Sean Payton is a much better coordinator, play caller, all of that than Nathaniel Hackett. So I do think there's room for improvement with Russell Wilson. I, I tweeted out yesterday, if he's going off the board as a QB2, which I think he should, I would be fine taking him, especially if I don't love my QB1. It's just an upside flyer. But People love hype. They become prisoners to hype. If Sean Payton pushes Russell Wilson back to being a top 12 fantasy quarterback in drafts, hard pass for me. I Yeah, I just don't see that happening considering the way things went last year. Although the, the conversation has been that Sean Payton could potentially do for Russell Wilson what he did for late career Drew Brees when you saw Brees had sort of lost that arm strength wasn't the same quarterback he was earlier still found a way to be successful and now the idea is I don't know that Russ can completely work within a Drew Brees type offense but Sean Payton in theory can come up with something some sort of hybrid that helps make Russ better than he was and I think your point is valid when we saw at the end of last year after Hackett was gone, that Russ looked better. He played better down the stretch. Now, whether or not that was just you know, him being free and sort of freelancing and whether or whether this means they just need a completely different scheme, I think remains to be seen. Part of this, though, is getting some of those playmakers involved. We saw Jerry Judy make some big plays down the stretch and kind of pop at the end of the season. Cortland Sutton was sort of underwhelming most of the year. Uh, Greg Dulcich was a nice piece that we saw kind of come through midway through the year. Are there guys that you look at that feel like they can benefit the most from having Sean Payton there? Jerry Judy, for sure. Um, Cortland Sutton, like you said, he struggled down the stretch, but I I just think talent and like, um, what their skill set is, Sutton is a better downfield receiver. Uh, Judy is is better at quickly getting open and creating separation. And if we're talking about, you know, him kind of, Sean Payton kind of coming in and making this offense move very quickly, like the Saints did a lot of short passes, uh, maybe Jerry Judy slant boy 2.0. I, I don't know, but <laughs> as of right now, he is the Broncos pass catcher that I'm most excited for, but... I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Javante Williams. Remember how everyone yeah. was so hyped about him coming into this season and, and since he's entered the NFL? He's going to be that same player on the ground, but he has shown us that he can be a asset in the passing game as well. And if there was a coach who designed more plays for their running back in the passing game than anyone, it was Sean Payton with Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has not been the same since Sean Payton left, I'm not saying Javante Williams is going to give you 80 catches four years in a row like Alvin Kamara did, but he could certainly be a running back that catches like 60-something passes this year. And if that's the case, the overall RB1 continues to be in play for him. I think there are a couple of things that that excite me about this. One is, as you mentioned, Javante Williams, and I don't expect him to be Alvin Kamara, at least a one-to-one comparison to Alvin Kamara but he can catch the football, and you're right. There's a coach now that can scheme those things up for him. The other thing that has me sort of excited is what it could be for Greg Dulcich. Again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Greg Dulcich is going to be the reimagining of Jimmy Graham, 
But you saw in Sean Payton, a coach that figured out how to make his tight end a relevant part of the passing game. And you can even go back before Jimmy Graham and talk about Marcus Colston, who was drafted originally as a tight end and sort of transitioned to being a big wide receiver. But it, it proves that Sean Payton knows what to do with the position, and you've got an athletic guy in Greg Dulcich. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Greg Dulcich is going to be Jimmy Graham. I'm not going to say that you should go out and spend like a you know a fifth round draft pick on the guy, but it is reason to be more excited about what his upside can be in that offense. So definitely something to, to talk about, something to, to keep an eye on. By the way, and and Ryan Dennis producing the show today put this in the Slack in in the chat. If nobody drafts Russ in redrafts, right, do you do you take him kind of as the backup to your number one? Let's say you grab a, a number one guy that you kind of aren't really excited about. Would you take Russ as your second option? Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly would because I, I do, like, every thing that I like, I, I will admit, I think we overrated the Broncos playmakers as, as an industry, but... Like Jerry Judy is still a, a good wide receiver. Cortland Sutton is still a big playmaker. They're going to get Javante Williams back. Uh, Greg Dolchuk, like you said, is useful. Like there's weapons there. Now you're going to put in arguably a better system and one that could likely fit uh, Russell Wilson's skill set better. And I think that is a thing that we overlook as well. Like Nathaniel Hackett is a coach that you need to fit his system. And he even said at the start of last year when they were struggling, he was like. It's a complicated system. It's going to take time. It took Aaron Rodgers' time. And my thing is always like coaches that try to fit square pegs into round holes are bad coaches because <laughs> if you need the perfect talent to win, anyone can do that. But if, you, if you're if you a coach that can make your offense fit your players and you could be fl uh, flexible with it, I think that's the sign of a good coach. And Sean Payton has already shown us, hey, he could win with a strong-arm quarterback like Breeze when he was young. He could win uh, with an aging quarterback who's losing that arm strength. So I, I do think it is a much better fit, and it leads to much more upside. Definitely a lot more reason to be optimistic, but I also suspect that we're all going to be a lot more cautious when it comes to drafting Broncos <laughs> in 2023. Down in Carolina, the Panthers hired Frank Reich as their head coach. He wasn't out of work very long after getting let go by the Colts. Didn't take long for him to get a job down there in Carolina. One of the things he talked about in his introductory press conference was what they do at quarterback. And he was very noncommittal about what they do, whether they stick with the guys they have, although that seems unlikely, uh, whether or not. They go out and try to make a splash in free agency, and we just played the quarterback match game and suggested maybe Daniel Jones uh, head down south to Charlotte. Or if they go out and find somebody in the draft, and they really didn't tip their hand one way or another just yet. For you, what should Carolina's top priority be this offseason? I suspect quarterback is what you will say. And if so, what's the best way to address it? I, I think quarterback is uh, the the. They, and it's been for years. Like, the Panthers, if they had a better quarterback last year, they'd run away with that division. Like, the rest of their roster is sound. Um, I think what they should do is they should use both free agency and the draft. Because I don't think they're going to get Lamar, Daniel Jones, or Geno Smith. And after that, there's no one that you would really break the bank to get. But you could bring in, say, keep Sam Darnold or bring in a Gardner Minshew, a bridge quarterback, someone like that. Jacoby Brissett works as well. Any of those bridge-type quarterbacks... And then at nine, I would draft Anthony Richardson. Uh, I, I think he is a project. I get it. Uh, he's more NFL ready than Malik Willis was. Um, I, I'm not in love with Richardson because um, a lot of his throws to me look like there's just a lot of air under it. And that works in college. Like he like kind of floats them in and that works in college. I'm, I'm a little skeptical. But the upside is sky high. And if he can put it all together... He could be your franchise quarterback for a decade, and I trust Frank Reich more than other coaches when it comes to developing young quarterbacks. Like the in Philly, Carson Wentz played his best ball with Frank Reich, and when Reich left, it wasn't the same for Wentz, and he really never got that opportunity in Indy because they always were just bringing in old vets who were, you know going to the Colts before they got sent out to pasture. He never really got to take a young quarterback and develop him. So I think he deserves that opportunity. And I think Richardson at nine is very realistic because I think, like you said, Young, Stroud, and even Will Levis, I think they're all going to be off the board by nine. But Richardson very well could make it to them.
That's the, that was the other name that I was like, you know, does Will Levis last that long to get to number nine? And probably not, especially if you have other teams maneuvering to get up high. The, the thing that maybe throws a wrench in Carolina's plans is the fact that the Bears at number one probably aren't going to take a quarterback. And if they trade out, then that means that the top three quarterbacks could be off the board well before it gets to the Panthers pick at number nine. But Anthony Richardson is a, an intriguing prospect. And I do think your your strategy of sort of working the draft, working free agency is probably what the Panthers are going to have to do. So that, that very well means it could be a couple of years before they find their guy. Uh, but you know what? They sort of have the same situation as the Bucks in the sense that nobody in that division is ready to take off. So as long as you can get some competent quarterbacking, it doesn't have to be special, just has to be competent. And that could be enough to get you into the postseason next year. In Los Angeles, just down the road from uh, where we're both sitting and across the street from our actual, we're not in our office today, but side note, we got booted <laughs> out of our, our I'm, I'm just going to rant here for a second. You know, we have our little fantasy lounge and we like to do shows from, and Florian and I decided to be nice and talk to other people about how special a spot it is. And then next thing we know, we take a week off and we find ourselves like kicked out of our own home. So we're doing we're doing a pod from our we're, we're not happy about it if you can't tell. You know, I mean it's just like we had a nice little <laughs> spot, it was all cozy, we had decorated it the way we liked, and then all of a sudden like we show up in people's laundry or hanging from the bathtub. Like I don't understand. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. The Chargers, they hired a new offensive coordinator. It's Kellen Moore, who was let go by the Cowboys, which, by the way, it surprised me to see the Cowboys make the move in the first place, considering how much everybody talked about Moore as being a head coaching candidate. But the Cowboys decided to sever ties with Kellen Moore, and he barely had time to get a cup of coffee before the Chargers brought him in and hired him as their new offensive coordinator. Joe Lombardi was the subject of a lot of criticism from fans, from fantasy folks, about how they sort of limited Justin Herbert in that passing game. Bringing in Kellen Moore, though, how much does this change what you expect out of the Chargers offense next year? I think this was a great hire. Um, I am very excited about the Chargers offense. I will admit I was super excited about them last year as well. Kind of swung and missed a little there, but that's not because of a lack of talent. Like Justin Herbert, one of the bright young stars at the quarterback position. We know the receivers with Allen and Williams are loaded. Austin Eckler is great out of the backfield there. What I didn't like was uh, Joe Lombardi had – Justin Herbert playing like he was a noodle armed quarterback like uh the the Chargers had the third lowest air yards per throw in the NFL or Justin Herbert was the third lowest and I'm like this guy has an arm like a Mahomes and a Josh Allen and what are we doing here I I do think we need a little bit of a revamp uh with with the offense I, I love their pieces that they have the one thing that they're missing in my opinion is a speedy field stretcher uh who could he doesn't need to be someone great but just a third wide receiver who could stretch the field, take a little bit of safety attention away, because Mike Williams is more of that contested catch guy downfield. But Lombardi, and with something that me and you have spoken about a lot, Mark, is like Austin Eckler should be a compliment in the passing game. It should be like, all right, you're worried about our receivers beating you downfield. We'll just dump it off to Austin Eckler, and he'll get his. Last year kind of felt like it was a staple, and like that was the play that they were designing up, and like, all right, we're going to keep throwing the ball to Austin Eckler as our first option, and it just didn't really make a lot of sense. The thing I love, though, with Kellen Moore, and he was the OC for the Cowboys in four years, and the three seasons that Dak Prescott was healthy, they were twice uh, all three of them they ranked in the top six in scoring and twice they finished first in yards and what I really love is that he showed flexibility as a play caller as well like prior to this past season the Cowboys were a pass first offense with Dak and Amari and Lamb and Gallup this season they completely changed it up they were not even in the, the top half of the league in pass attempts and they just were running the ball and and do, doing it in different ways using Tony Pollard and making him a feature of this offense so to me more is a bright young coordinator who will know how to get the most out of his offense I think this was the hire that the Chargers really needed to make in order to take that offense to the next level for me it's as simple as and you touched on it will they take the wraps off Justin Herbert and allow him to push the ball downfield. And it is sort of mind-boggling to see how low his air yards per attempt were last year, and especially when you compare it 
to Dak Prescott, who was on the upper end of that scale among NFL quarterbacks. So will they take the wraps off of Justin Herbert and let him throw? And it does, as you mentioned, sort of, I think, depend on the Chargers going out and adding speed to their wide receiver core. They need that guy who can back off some safeties, take the top off the defense, and make some plays downfield. Keenan Allen is great. He's not that guy. Mike Williams, as you mentioned, is a contested catch guy. What sort of concerns me is that I think in a lot of ways, it may be some more of the same. Kellen Moore, not a guy who uses a lot of pre-snap motion, didn't use a ton of play action. In fact, used less play action than the Chargers did last year. Maybe that has to do with, you know, L.A. not feeling like they could run the ball effectively, though I know that, you know, folks who, who sort of do this analysis tell you that you don't need to have an effective run game in order to have an effective play action game. So I'd like to see more of that in involved in the offense, but if, if Kellen Moore is going to have the attitude of F it, let's just, you know, let's just take our shots downfield, then I'm all in on this. But if he decides he wants to sort of be conservative, uh, play it underneath, use Austin Eckler again kind of as a focal point of the passing game, then, then I worry about it. But I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm going to be optimistic about this. I'm going to hope that Justin Herbert looks like the guy we thought we were drafting last year when it turns out we were uh, instead – saddled with a check down Charlie guy. So hopefully Kellen Moore brings that with him when he comes from Dallas to Los Angeles. There's going to be some more coaching hires. I'm sure we're going to have plenty more to talk about this because there's still some vacancies out there that are going to happen. I know D'Amico Ryans has been hired in Houston. Um, they have so much to fix <laughs> that I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be a quick fix for D'Amico Ryans. I wish him the best. I wish he'd have stayed in San Francisco, but that's me being selfish. But uh, it's, in terms of his career and what he can do, I, I wish him the best, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done there in Houston. Uh, how's the packing looking? <laughs> uh, not great. Like I, I have a whole, luckily our apartment now is pretty small. So I don't have a whole bunch to pack, uh, like, but I know it's going to be like you said. I, I'm going to say that, and then I'm going to, like, like later after we finish this, I'm going to start packing up, like, stuff that I have in my closet. I'm probably going to find a bunch of stuff that I'm like, why do I still have this? Uh, so, yeah, that'll, that's not what I'm looking forward to. I, I, I keep saying it. I kind of wish I could just, like, fast forward a couple of weeks and be kind of in the new place <laughs> and already settled. The good news is, once you've packed it all up and moved it, you got to unpack it and put it in places <laughs> in the new apartment. So that that's going to be a good time. Goodwill is your friend. Just letting you know that right now. Uh, also, you guys are all you guys are all our friends for uh, hanging out and listening to us. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back with you again next week as we get ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, that'll do it though for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. Good luck on your move, Florio. For the rest of you, we'll talk to you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.